Have you ever started a career transition or job search only to feel unsure if you're actually headed in the right direction or making any progress at all? Without a literal job offer in hand, it can be really hard to know if you're headed in the right place with your search. And that's why we have key milestones for our job search and career transition clients. These important benchmarks help us create a plan for exploration and execution with clear opportunities to assess and refresh our efforts along the way. Let's dive in. Your relationship to work and your career have changed over the last few years. And that means the same old career advice just won't do. I'm Jen Walker-Wall, career strategist, resume writer, and founder of Work Wonders Careers. If you're looking to ditch overthinking and hustle culture and pursue work and life in alignment with your values and priorities, you're in the right place. Welcome to Reimagining Ambition. Welcome back to Reimagining Ambition. I am Jen Walker-Wall, your host and founder of Work Wonders Careers. And I, I am disproportionately jazzed to talk about job search milestones today. One of the things that we really focus on here, because there's so much about transition or job search process that we don't have control over, right? So one of the things that we focus on is helping our clients consistently create opportunities for themselves. And it can be so hard without a job offer in hand to know if you're on the right track, if you're doing everything you can be to to create opportunities for yourself. And that's where milestones come in because milestones give us clarity and direction. They help us strategically and methodically scaffold our work. There are some things in this process you can do out of order, but it's often easier and more effective, more efficient, really, to do things in a way that makes sense, that builds on your previous steps. If you're wondering, what can I do next? Milestones help us answer that question. If you're feeling overwhelmed or lost or just want to course correct, you can use these to help decide what you need to focus on or which resources or what kind of support you might need to actually get traction in this process. The other thing that's really important to know about milestones is that they're worth celebrating. If you wait to celebrate until you have a job offer in hand, oh, it's going to be a doozy of a search for you. But if you can own this process as your own and acknowledge the critical work and progress you are making along the way, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to celebrate yourself and your efforts And I think your job search will be best served by frequent celebration and acknowledgement of everything you're putting into the process. Before I dive in, I just want to share, we are very close to wrapping up our winter job search club enrollment. If you don't know anything about our job search club, it is a month to month membership starting at $99 a month that gets you access to our live group coaching calls, on-demand resources, and even access to our winter workshop series at no additional cost but enrollment is closing on February 5th. If you want a little bit more one-on-one attention on your job search, make sure you check out Align or Elevate, which are our private job search strategy services. These include our team actually revising your materials on your behalf, having private sessions with a coach and facilitator, having email support and feedback on your resume and answers to your job search questions as you go here. 
And you also get access to our Job Search Club and our Winter Workshop Series. But the registration deadline is very close. So I think when this goes live, there'll only be a few days left. So if that's of interest to you, make sure you hop on over to our website and get yourself signed up for the right thing. Or you can reach out to us, complete an assessment request on our website, and we'll help you figure out the right thing for you. And then you will have some direction in using these milestones for yourself. First of all, let me say, these, there's many milestones here. These are the ones that we use because they're they're significant, they're major, but there's a lot of small wins along the way. So this is by no means telling you these are the only things you can acknowledge and celebrate, but rather these are the, the major kind of defining milestones for folks who are working with us in our services. Let's get into it here. Milestone number one is being able to articulate what you want more of and what you want less of and why certain opportunities are compelling to you or not. This is 50% okay, of the information you need to start a strategic and effective job search. Pretty much everyone starts here. Some people need to spend more time here. If you are planning or wanting to explore a potential transition, you might need more time here. If you are continuing in a fairly clear trajectory, this might be an easy thing to check off your list. Still worth celebrating. We love easy around here, okay? So, so we can still celebrate easy. You'll know that you can check this one off your list when you can more easily select and prioritize roles to pursue. When you can effectively share your interests with your network so that they can help you keep their eyes open, send opportunities your way, make introductions. When you can understand the common threads, and this is a big one, right? A lot of times people feel all over the place when they're looking at different kinds of jobs that they're interested in, but oftentimes, they're leveraging very similar skill sets. So part of this is understanding what you're leveraging about yourself, right? That's going to be based on what you want more of, hopefully, right? Some other things that uh, can indicate you are good here is knowing what kinds of questions you might have about roles. People think having questions or concerns about roles is a red flag. It's not necessarily. Every, every, Every opportunity comes with red flags we see and don't see. And so being able to kind of identify like questions and concerns you have about specific opportunities and what questions you'll wanna to ask to make sure things are a good fit is an asset to your search efforts. And that's really important that people know that. We, we don't wanna turn everything into a red flag. It's very easy to do, especially if you've been burned. But what we wanna do is like understand how we can kind of operationalize and work with things that might give us pause. And also having clear boundaries and expectations for your target roles and your search. A lot of times people have a hard time picking out target roles. And without some clarity here, I think it's going to be really hard to, to get started and to feel good about your effort. I also want to be clear that this is not about like we're not building a 20 foot wall around our target roles. It's It's fluid, right? Like it does not have to be permanent or uh, rigid, but it's really just about direction. It's about understanding where we're going broadly and, and accepting that, okay, there are opportunities that might appeal outside of this, but this is where we're focusing for now. If you can't do these things with some degree of comfort, you might want to spend more time working through reflection and assessment exercises, having informational interviews. Those kind of things can be very helpful in terms of building further clarity. And, and just a note, I hinted at this earlier, but I want to double down now. 
If you're feeling really negative about working and jobs, it's super hard to get excited about job searching and job postings. And I want to be clear that like your blind enthusiasm is not part of this milestone, but curiosity is. Can you start to articulate a clearer vision of opportunities that you might like to actually learn about? That's, that's a good benchmark for people who are entering into this, you know, against their will, essentially. Milestone number two is when you can articulate your relevant experience for different and specific qualifications for opportunities. This is the other 50% of clarity. Clarity is not just knowing what you want, what you're going towards. It's knowing what you have to offer and being able to communicate that. You have to be clear on that as well in order for this whole thing to work. Once we have a better sense of what we want, we need to focus on how we can quickly and concisely convey our qualifications for those kinds of opportunities. This is where we use our resume, we use our cover letters, we use our network, right? Like we use our LinkedIn profiles. Really what we're doing here is learning that our resume is not about us, it's about the job we want and the people who are hiring for it. And the quicker you can make that transition to this resume is about me, to this resume is about the people who are doing the hiring, the more successful you will be. It's not going to be enough for most people to show up and just say, hey, here's everything I've ever done. We really want to look at that job posting and get a real clear sense of what people need. And then we want to frame our narrative and our applications around other people's needs, not just us. And if you want to hear more about our resume writing strategy, I forget what number the episode is, but a few episodes back, and I'll link to it in the show notes, I talked about our resume writing strategy. And so I'm, I recommend that you start there if, if you're not sure what I'm talking about. There are some ways, obviously, that we can start unlocking milestone number two. We want to be reviewing job postings and paying particular attention to the qualifications section and practice writing your own summary of qualifications. That's a big strategy. I talk about it in our workshops. I talk about it with our clients all the time. It's my favorite resume strategy. Uh, very important for getting traction when applying online, very important for people making some kind of pivot, and the best way, in my opinion, to quickly and concisely put your qualifications in front of the people who need to see them. You might even practice here telling your stories out loud. I know nobody really wants to do that, but the more you can kind of articulate your story, start answering questions around what people need to know rather than like your whole experience of the story, the more concise you'll be in interviews, the more confident you'll be. And I just, I actually think talking out loud here is really helpful. You can even record yourself. Is it, is it going to be fun to listen to yourself back? It's not, it's not, but it will help. It will help you tell your story a little differently and to make those adjustments. So I think that's very important. And another way to really think about milestone number two is when you're in the hiring process already, I want you to think about what you're learning as an applicant or candidate. What are you learning about the job that maybe wasn't obvious when you were applying when you're doing a screening call with a recruiter or when you're doing a cursory interview with a hiring manager? Like that's important information. It might help you further shift the story, the way you're telling your stories or the pieces that you emphasize. And there's always going to be needs and priorities that I don't want to say differ from the job posting, but that are emphasized differently when it comes to, you know, 
actually doing the job. So I want you to pay attention to those opportunities to, to further refine your stories. And again, the goal here is not to twist yourself in a pretzel. Like that's not what I'm, I'm not asking you to lie. I'm not asking you to make things up. I'm asking you to the degree that it meets your goals. Like you are continued to, you continue to be interested in the opportunity and to the degree that it is an honest representation of your experience. You just want to be putting the right things in front of people, the right information, the right stories, the right bullet points, so that they can see what they need to see. The third milestone is about investing in relationships and nurturing professional relationships along the way. This is really critical because doing this well will transform your search in the short term and in the long term, which is really where I'd like people to be. I'd like to be, you know, two birds, one stone over here. And as we progress through our careers, we rely on people to serve as references, to serve as guides, to serve as experts and mentors. And so we have to really actively cultivate who those people are. Sometimes they're providing direct links to opportunity. Sometimes they're providing support and encouragement. Both of those things are really important. A lot of times what networking is, is getting perspective or information or making additional introductions for you. And that is also very valuable. Learning to cultivate a professional network means having allies who can advocate for your candidacy internally, which can be a very powerful thing. It also means having champions who offer resources and support, which we all need if we're going to get to the other side of this. And sometimes it just means checking in. Sometimes it just means staying in touch. Sometimes it means helping each other when you're both actively job searching. It's funny because I, I hear from a lot of people that they don't think their networking efforts are successful. But the thing about networking is you will have to do a lot more networking, okay? A lot more relationship building and relationship tending to than, than opportunities that are just going to drop into your lap as a result of that. Like we have to do 90% of the relationship work to get to the 10% that really is a result or an opportunity. When people tell me that networking works for them, it's probably a reflection of the fact that like eight out of 10 times they networked, it didn't result in much. We want to be doing the relationship work for the sake of the relationships, knowing that if we do this work consistently enough, good things will come from it, both for the people we're engaged with and for us doing the engaging. It works best when you are doing it for the sake of doing it and happy things surprise you along the way. Milestone number four is learning to ask for what you need or negotiate along the way. Most people treat the job search like it's an audition, but a great job is about a great fit for you. And you must be discerning and potentially you need to advocate for yourself. Here are some ways that you can do that. Asking for an interview time that works better for your schedule. I can't tell you how many times a client has said, I agreed to do an interview, but like my kids will be home or I'm taking my cat to the vet. Like you do not have to agree to an interview time that doesn't work for you. They also don't have to necessarily accommodate you. So you may have to make some tough calls here, but but I think it's okay to say, especially if you get a last minute interview request, like that doesn't work for me. This would work better. Is that possible? You're also allowed to clarify the salary range at any time, <laughs> anytime. Okay. You're also allowed to inquire about the hiring timeline. 
that's really aspirational, but you're allowed to ask what their plan is at least. You're allowed to say what your salary uh, bottom is, like what the lowest is you're willing to consider. You're allowed to take a moment to gather your thoughts before responding to a thoughtful interview question. You're allowed to ask about poor Glassdoor reviews. You're allowed to use the interview process to ask about what matters to you. And yes, there's ways to kind of do this strategically, but this is just a reminder that like any hiring process that doesn't allow you to assess for your own needs, to me, to me in my world, that's going to be a red flag or it's going to be a flag. Okay. I don't want to say red. Sometimes people hire in a hurry. Some people have very structured processes. I do think the hiring process, if it's unpleasant, makes me wonder what the job's going to be like. Because one of the reasons I liked hiring is absolutely everybody's on their best behavior. I was on my best behavior. Everyone who was doing the interviews was like, oh, we love working here. This is so great. Like, did we feel that way day in and day out? I don't think we did. No. Um, and so and candidates are also on their best behavior. So everyone's kind of putting their best put, foot forward in the process. That's my understanding. Okay, that's my assumption. And so when I see people not doing that on the employer side, I'm just kind of like, what's it like to work here? You guys can't pull it together and be nice, you know, for 30 minutes or an hour or however long the hiring process might even last. So you don't have to yes your job search to death. I see a lot of people not wanting to draw any lines in the sand, but good jobs aren't just good jobs because they're offered to you. Good jobs are great jobs when it's something that works for you. And I really want you to think about that, that sometimes saying no means you're saying yes to something better down the line. Speaking of which, that's milestone number five. Walking away or withdrawing, right, from opportunities and offers that are not the right fit. I know intimately and just also from observing people for a decade, people want the process of finding a job to be over as quickly as possible. But learning to say no and withdraw or walk away or even just not pursue something, maybe you decide to never even apply to a job. I think that is a milestone worth celebrating. You can only end up in something great if you hold out for something great, like if you seek something great. If you seek anything, then that might be what you end up getting. And there, there might be reasons where a good a good job or an okay job is fine. And maybe that's a topic for another podcast episode. But usually when people come to me, come to work with us, they're looking, they have some expectations and we want to help them have some expectations. They want to get hired on purpose. And so that might mean that they find themselves in a hiring process and they're just knowing deep inside, like, this, this is not it for me. Okay. This is, this is not right. And honoring that is an enormous win. It is probably one of the boldest moves a client can make, and we celebrate that wholeheartedly when it happens. I often say, like, we can't just impress our way to a new job. We have to be actively protecting our goals and our best interests. And I think this is another reason you see so many of our Work Wonders alum job search differently, take on a more passive approach. This is why so many of our Work Wonders alum turn into passive job seekers. They don't accept a job and root in and wait for the job to be terrible. They start looking while the job is still good 
or good enough. They search really selectively. And when you have a job that's that's good, right? That's not terrible, you you get to set that as the benchmark. Versus if you are in a terrible job, then pretty much anything will seem better. And there's all kinds of iterations for this that might make sense for people. When people are physically unsafe at work, and also when they're mentally and emotionally really unsafe at work, a safer job is a better job. Or sometimes I see people who are not being paid on time. If, if your job isn't meeting your very, very basic needs, then that leaves a lot of better opportunities on the table. But most of our clients, they're treated pretty well. A lot of them are working pretty remote most of the time. They're making pretty good money. And so we want to make sure that they're selective, that they're they're getting what they need. This list is not definitive. There are other milestones worth celebrating. But these are the key components that we look for when we're kind of assessing people's search, or rather, what they need to really begin their search, where they are in the process. It doesn't have to be sort of like just a black hole between wanting a new job and getting a new job. There are all these other pieces in place, and I, I want you to start recognizing them and acknowledging them and being able to place yourself you know, in a process, in a timeline, so that you know what to do next. If you would like to work with us this winter, the best time to join us is by February 5th. We have our Winter Job Search Club cohort that is open for registration until then with all of our fun bonuses. And we have a couple spots on our private client roster. So if you'd like to work with me privately on your job search, you can come on over to www.workwonderscareers.com. Take a look at our services. I'll, I'll also add some links in the show notes for you. And we can have a conversation about what your needs are and how we might work together to help move you through this process. As always, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your trust and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on Reimagining Ambition. While you're here, please hit subscribe or follow and make sure you always get our latest episodes. And if you'd like endless gratitude from yours truly, please consider leaving a review. It really helps our podcast attract new listeners. If you're looking for a hands-on career, job search, and resume support, well, that's what we do best. Come on over to workwonderscareers.com and learn how we help mission-driven professionals like you make career moves that matter.